everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kenani Podcast, brought to you as always in association with Workforce Dimensions Limited, our beloved sponsors, uh, and Sam from Workforce Dimensions, he's getting to some games this season. If you're not following him on Twitter, uh, you certainly should. We do retweet and like a lot of his stuff, uh, but he's, he's doing a non-league odyssey this year, and I think being part of uh, the Kent Non-League Podcast is, is part of it for him. So, um, yeah, very impressive. He was at Faversham against Hyde on Tuesday night, uh, and he seems to be at games all the time. Maybe he's got nothing else to do uh, with his days. Anyway, it's a busy show for you this week with a league leader and a cup upset architect interviewed and all the other news from around the county after a bumper weekend of non-league football. I'm John Phipps and on the line now is a man who, in case you didn't pick it up last week, is away on holiday. So here he is, Mr Matt Gerrard. But I'm on holiday, John, aren't I, mate? No, I've got no idea. what. Well, I do know what the results are, but I haven't really looked at them in any sort of interest because I'm enjoying myself in sunny Malta. I know it's been quite sunny back at home. But uh, yeah, it's enough to do without me this week, John. But if you can find something out for us, what is the record to get many people on a lilo? We've tried three and failed miserably, but there must be something on YouTube. That's the highlight of my week. How many people can you get on a lilo in a swimming pool? Oh, got to go. The swimming pool's calling me. All the best. Speak soon. Oh, right. Okay, then just me this week. Um, I've also got no idea what the record is for getting people on a lilo. Uh, I can barely get myself on one, let alone anyone else. Um, so what's been going on the past week? Well, basically, I've been working, uh, watching Manifest. We've nearly finished season one. And, of course, the test match. Now, if Matt had the time to speak to me, I'd also be comforting with the tale of my friend who's now managed to procure a load of even more expensive Euro 2020 tickets and was also in hospitality at Headingley on Sunday. That's what the single life is like. A test match, though, what a performance that was from Ben Spokes. I was supposed to be cooking dinner for Hayley and her friend, uh, but it kept being put off as I was glued to the TV. I didn't think for a second England were going to pull it off, but having missed the World Cup final because I was watching the bloody Black Eyed Peas, there was no chance I was missing this finale, just in case. I wonder if Matt had a chance to watch it in Malta and how that conversation would have gone. Yeah, I know we're on holiday, but um, can you just give us a couple of hours? I want to see if Ben Stokes can win the cricket single-handedly. Anyone would have said to him, no, there's absolutely no chance, but uh, I will find out when I catch up with him uh, properly next week. I think he's back at some point. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's move on then. You don't want to hear me talking more than uh, more than necessary this week on the podcast. Uh, it's our 89th episode this week. Uh, the year, of course, of the greatest title finale ever, ever, when Arsenal beat Liverpool Anfield. It's up for grabs now, was the most legendary bit of commentary around until Charles was there and, and Charles fell over. If you don't know what that reference is all about, I will explain it via the Kent Only Podcast Twitter. Um, a week, incidentally, apparently, my now long-suffering other half, Hayley and I, were apparently at the same holiday camp at exactly the same time. Now, obviously, what with one of us being 11 and the other one being seven, our paths were very unlikely to cross. And I was the seven-year-old as well, incidentally. But how freaky is that, that two people from different sides of the country would then later meet and it would turn out that they were at the same holiday camp in the same town, what, 20 odd years earlier before they even had any idea uh, that either of them existed and that they might want to spend some time with each other when they were grown-ups. Um... Anyway, this, bad, this section is bad enough when we're both here, but it's just me. I'm going to shut up and let's get on with some football, shall we? And there is only one place I can start this week, Sutton Athletic. A big deal town in the FA Cup Extra Preliminary Round, which was impressive enough on their FA Cup debut. But on Saturday, they smashed six unanswered goals past Ashford Town of Middlesex. By the way, why do they still have that when our Ashford United are, are united now, rather than town? Um, a team two levels higher, though, Ashford Town Middlesex. After that, I spoke to manager Dan Kelly to reflect on that. 
their start to the season, the FA Vars, which is coming up this weekend, and look ahead to their next round tie, which is at home to Flackwell Heath. In your wildest dreams on Saturday morning, did you ever think you'd win 6-0 against Ashford Town? 6-0? No. No, I didn't, to be perfectly honest. Um, Scoreline shocked me a little bit. However, uh, you know, analysing the performance, it it actually could have been more on the day. So, you know, but I'd have put 1-0 if uh, if someone had said that it would be 1-0. Uh, well, I mean, obviously you'd already made history. Well, you're making history while being in the FA Cup, but then beating Deal, you're making yeah. history, and now you've beaten Ashford as well. The, the club must be on an absolute high. I, I mean, yeah, for the, the FA Cup, like like you just said, it's history for the club being in it anyway. Uh, and to beat Deal was just a fantastic day for the club all around. Um, get another home draw, and then win again. I mean, yeah, the club's on a map. Massive high, massive, massive high. Another home draw in the next round as well. So, you know, it's all go at the minute down the club in the FA Cup. It's, it's just buzzing. And obviously, that, that, that next up, you have got Flackwell Heath, a team at the same level as, as Deal Town. And I'm guessing they might be looking at your results and thinking, yeah, yeah we don't fancy that much. <laughs> yeah, obviously, for us, it's nice to have a home draw. Um, in terms of Flackwell Heath, you know, f- from where they are in their league, we don't, obviously don't know a lot about them. And being a step above... You would, I suppose, people and potentially them or their supporters might think that, you know, it's probably, they're going to be favourites. However, you're right, looking at the results, hopefully they'll come to us and be a bit more cautious than, than what they potentially would have been and, and give us a bit more respect than, you know, you know we deserve it in a minute for the results we're getting, certainly in the Cup anyway. Looking back at Saturday then, did, did you just attack them from the start and did you sense early on that there was a chance you were going to beat them? Yeah, just the whole day really, you know. Um, we had a few players missing actually, so our lineup changed a little bit. However, uh, you know, after sort of ten minutes, we went one nil up. Um, I think the pattern of the game sort of was set from then. You know, we was we was attacking. I don't think they expected us to play football as well as we did. They were, you know, they had two sort of big centre halves and and were trying to themselves play quite direct. We was playing out from the back. I mean, it caught them cold, and you know, two 0 at half time. You know, we come out second half and we scored the four goals in like a 10-minute blitz, to be honest. And, and I'll say, to be honest, it could have been more. You know, we had numerous chances and it was just a great, great performance. Can't knock the boys at all. It's fantastic. What, what was the crowd like on Saturday? The club was, again, you know, it's, it's a family club. It is, you know, we've built up from from where we've come from to the league we're in. So, Saturday was a great day. Again, in terms of there was a lot of old players and families and, and, you know, kids and whatever there. And it's, it's just great for the club to see everyone there and then get the result. It's just it's just fantastic. Like I say, it's, it's, give, it's give us the money as well. And, and hopefully, it, it, what, what we're hoping it does do as well is, is people actually see what we're doing and, and want to come and watch. So we get more support from, from the normal and so on and so forth because that's how we need to grow. Yeah, and I suppose that is the thing, is that the money is, is massive for a club at your level to be, to be bringing yeah. in that money. is It's just great. The money, the money will go down. I say for us, that'll be an absolute, an absolute treat. You know, already. I mean, I think it's just over five grand for the two wins. Um, even if we were to lose in the next round, that's another fifteen hundred quid. So that would be six and a half grand, which is a dream come true for for a club like us. Um, and having a home draw again, it means we can get the crowd in and so on and so forth. So from that aspect, it's brilliant. Um, you know, if we get another win, that, that'd be even more money. And that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do from this run, is, is put a name out there, the club as well, so we do get more support, etc. 
Then you're obviously back to the bread and butter of the league on, on Monday. One all draw yeah. at FC Olmstead. And I suppose you, you've only played three league games. One win, one draw, <laughs> one defeat. So I guess you, the, the, the problem of having a cup run is that it does make your league campaign a bit stop-start. It does. Um, you know, I'm not, not, that's not, not, not the full effect of the draw on Monday. Um, obviously, the same team played on Monday because the boys that were missing were missing Monday. So we didn't have the opportunity to freshen up. However, we should have won Monday. You know, we had the chance to win the game. But you're right, it is because now we don't play in a league for uh, three weeks because we've got FA Cup, uh, FA Vars, potential another Vars game. And if we won in the FA Cup, that would take over our next league game as well. So all of a sudden, by the time we do play next league game, team's going to have played seven, eight games and we're going to play three. Yeah, so it's, it's difficult. And obviously, you've mentioned the Vars there. Um, SC Thamesmead, obviously a team that, that you know, they're in your league. So I guess yeah. you'll be there thinking on Saturday, well, let's, let's have another cup run. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, like I say, I know it, it might sound like I'm saying it's, it's you know, we're going to have league games in hand. However, I, I'd, I'd take the win every day in all these cups. You know, we're in them. I think we go into all of them to win them. Don't get me wrong, obviously the FA Cup is, is different. It's just a dream to get as far as we can and, and so on. But certainly the FA Vars, being as it's our step and the step above, um, it's something that, yeah, of course we want to win. We'll go there on Saturday confident. Um as I'm sure Thames will as well, because for them it's a draw against a team that they know, they know well. So, you know, certainly hoping for another win, though. So we'll see. And I mean, the, the, the Vars is, is, like you say, it's an opportunity. And I don't think, with the results you've already had in the FA Cup, I don't think anyone will phase you if you do have a long run in the Vars. No, exactly. And I say, being as it's our step and the step above, you know, I'm not saying it. it's just something that we could target. We get a couple of wins behind our belt and, and maybe a couple of nice draws or, or whatever. Of course, we can, you know, you saw Cray Valley do it next year. And we actually played them last year in the Vars in the first round. Um, and we see what they've done. And, and you know, it, not only would it be great for us, but just two or three wins. And if we can go, it'd be great for them football as well, wouldn't it? Um, however, one game at a time, the old cliche, we'll, we'll see how we get on Saturday first. Just an absolutely fantastic result that for Sutton Athletic on Saturday. And what a debut season in the FA Cup for them. And with four promotion spots up for grabs as well, surely they're going to be in the mix for that. Although, as Dan was just saying to me there, it is going to be difficult because they are going to be playing catch-up a little bit. But I th I'm sure that they've got enough firepower there. I mean, they scored seven on the opening day as well um, to, to really hit the ground running and, and go for it. So, um, really good luck to Sutton Athletic. They're certainly a club that we're going to be keeping an eye on over the coming months here on the Kent Norley podcast. Um, a good tie for them in the next round as well against Blackwell Heath. I'm pretty sure, as I said to Dan, they're not going to much fancy coming down to, to, to Kent after the results that they've had before. And they are only one step above. So, interestingly, I was just looking, they actually beat Newport Pagnell Town in the last round. One of the teams that Canterbury City beat on the way to uh, the FA Vars uh, semi-finals last season. Uh, elsewhere in the FA Cup, it was Sheppey United who won the All-Scaffold Clash with Glebe, meaning they are the only Scaffold Premier side still standing. Well, well Kent-wise, anyway. AFC Croydon Athletic do have a replay next week against Herne Bay after the uh, Bet, Victor, Bet Victor League side came from 2-0 down to win a 2-2 draw. Zach Anser getting both of the goals for Herne Bay. Uh, other results in the FA Cup this weekend. It wasn't actually a bad weekend as weekends go in the FA Cup because we've not had a great deal of luck in the FA Cup since we've been doing the Kent on League podcast. Um, Faversham Town did go out on Saturday. They were beating 1-0 at Tooting and Mitcham United. Uh, it was Sittingbourne 2, Uxbridge nil, so a good result for Chris Lynch, who we spoke to you last week. Uh, Staining Town 1, Ramsgate 4. Uh, Irith and Belvedere were beaten 5-1 by Chertsey Town. 
Uh, it was Cray Valley PM went out 2-0 at home to Whiteleaf. It was Whitswelltown 3, Newhaven 1. A really good result for Seven Oaks Town as they won 3-0 away at Burgess Hill. Burgess Hill hit 7 against Hyde on the opening day of the season. Uh, it was VCD Athletic 3, AFC Upfield Town 3. The replay of that one will be at Upfield next Tuesday night as well. Canterbury City's run is over. They were beaten 2-1 at South Park. Ashford United beat Beckenham Town by one goal to nil. Uh, Brydon Ropes, who are bottom of the Scaffold Division 1, were beaten 7-2 at home to Chichester. And Phoenix Sports were beaten 6-0 at home by Staines Town uh, also on Saturday. And then Tunbridge Wells will be hearing more about that game later on as well. They also went out beaten narrowly 2-1 at Hayward Heath uh, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, uh, Hythe Town, who've had a, a worrying start to the campaign. They were beaten 5-0 at Cray Wanderers uh, on Sunday as the Wanderers made it through. Uh, good result for Tony Russell's side. Um, the draw for the next round was made on Tuesday. They didn't work bank holidays. Um, as you probably could could imagine. Um, and some good ties in there. Kent Derby, first up between Witzeltown and Folkestone Invicta, um, which should be a, an interesting tie and, and a good chance for Folkestone. They'll be thinking they've got a, a, a good chance. Uh, Chertsey Town, who we just heard beat Irith and Belvedere, play Sheppey United. Cray Wanderers will be at home to Bedfont Sports. If Herne Bay can overcome AFC Croydon, they'll be away to Haringey Borough, so a tough tie uh, for the winners of that replay. Uh, Corinthian Casuals is the reward for Seven Oaks Town. Ashford United will be at home to Farnborough. Ramsgate will be at home to Arundel. We've already mentioned Sutton Athletic at home to Flatwell Heath. The winners of the VCD and AFC Upfield uh, replay will be at home to Moneyfields. Sittingbourne got a tough one away to Bognor Regis Town. And Margate into the cup as well at this stage. And they are away to Horsham YMCA. So uh, Margate under Jay Saunders will fancy their chances in that one. Um, so yeah, that's the FA Cup. And, and you know, we said about half a dozen teams. I think we've got more than half a dozen teams going through. So it was a, a, a very decent weekend uh, for our teams in the FA Cup. Um, obviously, those teams who are in the FA Cup, most of them did also play uh, on Monday as well. So we'll move on now to the Southern Counties East League, uh, where after four games, Tunbridge Wells have played four and they've won four. Uh, on Twitter last week, we had someone asking us when we were going to speak to new Tunbridge Wells manager Richard Stiles based on the excellent start to the season that the Wells have had and the answer is this week. Uh, I caught up with Richard on Tuesday uh, just after their 3-1, well the day after their 3-1 win at Crowborough in the uh, in the A26 derby as it is, um, as, it is as it is well known and uh, the, the results that have taken Tunbridge Wells to the top of the league. So here he is, Tunbridge Wells manager and friend of the show, Richard Stiles. Couldn't really have gone any better. Um, you know, we're over the moon with the start we've had. It feels like such a long month. It feels like we've been playing for, for a, long, a lot longer than what we actually have. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're not looking too far ahead. And we've just literally gone game by game and, and done what we've always done. But, uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're good value for the four wins we've had because we've deserved to win every game, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly, certainly a very good start. And the, the most recent of those wins, obviously, was in the big derby match at, at Crowbury. Came back from an early goal as well. And, and I suppose after two games in three days, that sort of spirit, you must be thrilled with your with your boys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, you know, we were extremely unlucky on Saturday. And we were robbed, really. And, and you know, it hurt a little bit Saturday night. But we had to pick ourselves up very quickly. And we had a hell of a game against Crowbury, you know, a, a local derby. I didn't know an awful lot about the, the rivalry between the two clubs or, you know, the the size of the derby, but, you know, having been involved in other derbies in the past, you know, it, it is what it is and you've got to give it everything you've got and, you know, it's a good one for the fans and, you know, I had messages before and after the game from the fans, um, so we knew 
the size of the game. And uh, yeah, like I say, to win your first derby as a manager is is really, really good. And yeah, as I say, I'm delighted for the boys, delighted for the fans with yesterday's result, for sure. Um, and obviously, you, you've mentioned the FA Cup there. Your first ever win as, an, as a manager in the FA Cup got you to that game at Haywood Teeth and a good account of yourselves against the team in, in the league above. Absolutely. I mean, I was over the moon to win my first game in the FA Cup against um, Pagham, which was one we were, you know, we totally deserved and we should have probably done it in the first game, but we had to do it the hard way and do it in the second one. And then, you know, a real tough draw away at Hayward Teeth who were two wins out of two in the league above and they were flying high themselves. You know, we've gone there and made a hell of an account of ourselves and it was extremely unfortunate not to get through. Um, you know, the referee in the decision was way all boiled down to, but, you know, overall, the way the boys played, I couldn't really have asked for any more. Um, and, and, and overall, you know, I've got to be pleased with that as a manager, competing against a team, the league above, and really taking them to the wire um, and just falling short at the, at the last hurdle, really. You're spreading the goals around as well, which is is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, there's goals coming from sort of here, there, and everywhere. It seems at the moment, to be honest. Um, you know, there's a lot of players on ones and twos, which is which is certainly good because you're not relying on that sole person. So um, yeah, no, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy for everyone to contribute. That's for sure. And um, you, you know, you, obviously, you're not getting carried away, but the, the, the supporters at Tunbridge Wells are obviously really thrilled with how you you've started as well, and they're really getting behind you. Yeah, I mean, since day one, since I met them, you know, the majority of them, they've been absolutely fantastic. They've welcomed myself, they've welcomed my staff and the, and the current players, as well as the ones that have, that have come in. Um, and it, it's been really, really great. I've got nothing but positive things to, to say about them. And they've, you know, showed us a hell of a lot of support. Um, the home games have been fantastic, but every single away game, we've had a good following there as well. So, um, yeah, really, really pleased. And like I say, I want to keep them feeling that way and keep them, you know, enjoying and wanting to come to watch us because their support is spoken about in the dressing room, is spoken about within the squad and every single player and member of staff certainly appreciates every bit of um, support that they give us. And you move on now, uh, FA Vars, a game on Sunday for you down at Littlehampton. Yep, yes, yeah, so we've got the Sunday. Um, you know, it, that is what it is, to be honest. It's, you know, we were ready to go Saturday or Sunday, but having played two in three days over the weekend, we're probably more thankful to have a, an extra day's rest to be honest with you um, and, and yeah obviously it's the FA Vars you know my thoughts on that you know what a great competition I think it is Tunbridge Wells have obviously got a great history within the, within that competition We're, we'll go there and you know do all we can to get the result and hope we get into the next round that's all we want Is, is the FA Vars I know we've spoken to before is it a bit of a sort of a label that's kind of around Tunbridge Wells' neck, or it has been for a few years, you know, that, oh, well, got to the final in 2013, but now you've come in and yeah. you're a new manager who's, who's, who's not been part of that before. Is it just an opportunity for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we haven't even spoken, we haven't even mentioned it. Um, no one from the club has mentioned their, you know, past in the FA bars or anything like that. Obviously, I knew about it because I played against them during that year. Um, but, yeah, like I say, it's, it's, it's a long time ago now, but it's time to pick the fortunes up a little bit and, and get us moving in the right way and creating, you know, making it positive for everyone. We've, we've certainly started that way and pre-season was that way and, we, and, you know, the month of August has been like that as well. And with the FA Vars, it's a, it's a hell of a competition and if you get it right and you perform well and get, you know, good draws along the way, you can, you can move quite far into the competition very quickly. So that's what we were looking to do. That's what we want to do. You know, we're away at Littlehampton, that's the next test. We've got to make sure we're right, we've got to make sure we're better, we've got to make sure we deliver and get through. Um, and all our preparation this week and in the build-up to it will all be 
um, aiming on on doing that on Sunday. Do you know much about Littlehampton? Um, a few bits and pieces at the moment. We've um, we've got a few people out and about doing bits and pieces for us, and um, there'll be some more done this week. So um, yeah, you know, we'd have done our homework before we do teams, but we we tend to do that with every game we play. Um, so it's nothing new. It's nothing out of the ordinary for us. And um, the homework will be there, but you know, we'll know how we need to set up, how we need to play to to give us the best chance of winning the game. And then you're straight back into league action again on Tuesday night at home to Greenwich, who haven't had a great start. Yeah, like I say, there's no rest for the wicked and, you know, straight in again with another two games in three days. But uh, that's that's the beauty of it. You know, we want to stay in every competition for as long as we can. Um, and, you know, the more games the boys can play, the better. And, you know, your league is your bread of butter. So, you know, we'll be looking to go and get the three points. We're at home, you know, at the Colverdon get it down there, get it rocking and um, we get a good performance on, on show. It's still early days in terms of teams and how they've started and where they are in the league and stuff like that. I'm not looking or reading too much into that. You know, we'll, we'll treat every team as a as a potential banana skin and a team that can be us. And, you know, we've got to make sure we're there and we've got to make sure that we, we deliver and, like I say, get the result. And, you know, we want the three points. It's as simple as that. So, so far, so very, very good for Tunbridge Wells and and Richard Stiles. And Richard, obviously, was the manager of Lordswood for the last uh, few years. And he's, he's been on the podcast a couple of times. He's been on the radio show as well. And, you know, he's one of those managers. You just get a really warm feeling for him. And one that I think, you know, I can see why people would want to play for him. And coming to Tunbridge Wells, and, and you know, it's a, a difficult job, really, Tunbridge Wells. I've, I've always kind of said that for the past few years. And as I said to Richard there, you know, because Jason Bourne went on to become the manager, having been the captain at the FA Vars team that got to Wembley, I think that sort of hung over the club. And, and there was a, when I spoke to Jason Bourne for the podcast a couple of years ago, he said, you know, it does affect what people expect from Tunbridge Wells, the fact that they reached the FA Vars final in 2013. But I think Richard's come in with a, with a clean brush and, and been able to sort of forget about that. And now for, for the first time, probably since 2013, Everyone's focusing on Tunbridge Wells, the football team, the direction that they're heading in under a new manager and, and looking in, in, in the right direction. And I think it's very, very exciting for Tunbridge Wells. Um, really good start to the season. Now, I'm sure Richard is not getting carried away, uh, but he and the fans, very, very happy with how the season has, has started for them. And, and, and frankly, who can blame them? Uh, elsewhere in the scaffold, um, on Saturday, there were a couple of games in the Premier Division. It was Corinthian 4, Punjab United 1 and Hollands and Blair one Lordswood nil. Uh, that goal won by a penalty from Harry Goodger, a, a tight one in that sort of derby match up there. Um, on Monday, obviously, a, a full programme of fixtures. It was Beckenham Town 3, Irith Town nil. Uh, Crover won Tumbridge Wells 3, as we already know. There was no goals between Deal Town and Canterbury City. Uh, Fisher were beaten 3-1 at home by FC Croydon. Uh, some interesting comments reported by another, uh, uh, another outlet, shall we say, after that game. Uh, it was Glebe 2, Irith and Belvedere 1. Uh, K Sports 2, Beersted 3. Beersted having another good uh, result away from home. And the, uh, the the big game, really, Sheppey United 2, Chatham Town 2. 358 people at Home Park uh, to watch that one on, on Monday. So, uh, really, really good game. And, and the table, you know, we don't want really to look at league tables too much too early. But it's, uh, you know, we've got uh, Tunbridge Wells and Corinthian. Uh, Tunbridge Wells have got 12 from 4. Corinthian have got 11 from 5. Uh, Hollands and Blair in third are the only other unbeaten team with nine points from their five games, two wins and three draws. Um, at the foot of the table, though, we've got four teams who are yet to record a win. Irith Town um, have got three points from their four games. 
K Sports have only got the one point. Greenwich Borough have also only got one point. They have only played three games. Uh, Punjab United played four, lost four, and they've only managed to score twice, uh, as well as going out of the FA Cup. And uh, after a big summer for, for Punjab United, they had a bit of national TV exposure. They would have wanted to have hit the ground running a little bit more, and I'm sure they'll be very, very disappointed that so far they're sitting there w without any points to their name. But uh, if anyone can get them out of that, I'm sure it's Chippy, who uh, I'm sure I've said before is a, an infectious fella. Um, and I'm sure he will be doing everything he can to help get them out of this uh, out of this pickle that they currently find themselves in. Uh, the First Division on Monday, uh, there was a curiosity at the top of the Scaffold First Division where Rochester United are top of the league with nine points from their five games, despite having a negative goal difference. Uh, they were 5-0 winners on Saturday uh, in their game against Kent Football United, uh, which kind of shows the um, the campaign that they've had so far, I would suggest. Uh, having won 5-0 away from home to go top of the league, but still having a negative goal difference. Um, yeah, one of those, I suppose. But if, uh, if you win the league with a negative goal difference, you're happy? I'm, I'm sure you would be. Um, but yeah, interesting start to the season there for Rochester, Rochester United. Of course, before that, there were a handful of games on uh, on Saturday. Ross United losing 5-1 at home to Kennington was one of them. Uh, Lidtown beat Meridian VP 2-1, and it was Stansfeld 2, Snodland Town 2. Uh, plenty of goals kicking around already in the Scaffold Division 1. Uh, and then on uh, Monday, again, full programme, Croydon nil, Holmesdale 2. FC Elmstead 1, Sutton Athletic 1, as we spoke to Dan Kelly earlier on. It was Kennington 2, Greenways 2. Rochester United, Rochester United 5 0 winners away at Kemper United, as I've already mentioned, to go top of the league. And Meridian VP 3, Bryden Ropes 2. It was Rostall 6, SC Thamesmead 1, Snodland Town 0, Lidtown 2. As one of my cats who's been missing for most of the morning walks in to say hello. Are you interested in the Kent Ronnie podcast, are you, Ray? No, not particularly. Oh, well. Good to see you anyway, mate. You go and have a, a mooch around and do whatever you, uh, you're up to. It's been a bit hot for the boys this week, bless him. We can give him a little stroke while we talk about uh, non-league football. This is, this is life, you see. This is how life goes. And when Matt Gerrard's not here, there's nothing to stop me talking about the cats on the podcast. In fact, I might even do a cat podcast later on. Uh, you never know. Holmesdale second in the table. FC Holmesdale third. They are both also unbeaten. Uh, but the uneven nature of the league is such that Rustall are also unbeaten. They've got seven points in their three games and scored 13 goals. Yet they're only fourth in the standings. Kennington got seven points from four games, scored 14 goals. They're fifth. Uh, and at the foot of the table, Bryden Ropes played three, lost three. Uh, but you've got teams like Forest Hill Park and Lewisham Borough have only played twice each. Uh, so they've both got three points. So still early stages. And, and as I was saying to Dan Kelly at the at the top of the show, it is interesting in the scaffold how the, you can end up playing catch up with your league games because of these cup runs. Uh, and teams will be wanting to go on the cup run because it's so crucial. But you do feel sorry for them if they do go on these runs and, and then they end up playing sort of, well, playing catch-up, as I've already said, with, with their league fixtures and find themselves well behind at the start. Um, this weekend, there is just a handful of um, of league fixtures. But in the Premier Division, we've got Beersted against Hollands and Blair, Canterbury against Fisher, Chatham Town against Corinthian, and Croydon against against Lewisham Borough is the only game in the First Division. Uh, there are some games in midweek. On Monday, we've got K-Sports against Crowborough. A uh, Tuesday, Punjab United against Wellingtown, Tunbridge Wells against Greenwich Borough. And then on Wednesday, Lewisham, Bar and Forest Hill Park will try and play catch-up. Uh, but most of our teams in the scaffold are in FA Vars action uh, on Saturday. So run through those fixtures very quickly. K-Sports are away to Little Common. FC Armstead go to Egham Town. Lid Town are at home to Rains Park Vale. It's Kent Football United against Snodden Town. So a scaffold Division 1 side will definitely be going through in that one. Uh, Salt Dean United go to, uh, are at home to Lordswood. Kennington will travel to Epsom and Yule. 
Greenways go to Molesey. Uh, another Scaffold Division 1 side definitely through. SC Thamesmead against Sutton Athletic. Again, we spoke to Dan Kelly about that one earlier on. Uh, it is Irith and Belvedere against my favourite name team in this round, Fire United. Rochester United, the league leaders in Division 1, host Mile Oak. Uh, Holmesdale against Shearwater. Beckenham Town go to CB Hounslow United. Bryden Ropes host Pagham. Sheppey United meet AFC Croydon Athletic. Forest Hill Park take on Westside. Glebe travel to Guildford City. Rustle go to Ballum. Uh, Irith Town meet Wellingtown in a, in a battle of two scaffold sides. Punjab United are at home to Selsey. And Stansfeld go to Siddlesham. So um, definitely some chance that some teams will come through uh, the first qualifying round ties there. Obviously, the rest of the Kent teams will be coming in later on in the, in the competition, depending on their uh, successes uh, earlier in well, in previous seasons with the uh, unique way that the Vars all comes together. Canterbury City obviously will be expecting to be coming in the competition much later due to their success of reaching the semi-finals last year. And the beauty of this is any one of those teams that we've just mentioned could well go all the way to Wembley because if you just get a run, get some good fixtures, as Richard Stiles said there, they, of course, play on Sunday away at Littlehampton Town um, and also in action on Sunday on Meridian VP, who host Hassocks. So, yeah, that, those ties are very, very interesting, very, very exciting times. The road to Wembley does really start here for our Kent clubs. And I've just got a feeling again, I had a feeling last year that a Kent side was going to go a, a long way deep into the competition. And, and from about the last 64 onwards, I, I pretty much knew it was going to be Cray Valley. Uh, who, who I was tipping to get to the final. And this year, I don't see why a Kent club can't go a long way again. Um, I wouldn't rule out, say, a Chatham Town or, or a Corinthian or someone like that who just, you know, is going to come into the competition a little bit later. But also, having spoken to Richard Stiles and with their history in the competition, who would rule out a bit of Tunbridge Wells getting back, getting back towards the deeper stages of that competition? But first of all, I've got a game at Littlehampton on Sunday, so that will be tough for them. Uh, we'll move on then to the National League, and I actually got out and watched some football on uh, on, on uh, Bank Holiday Monday, believe it or not. I, I mean, it was only because I, I was able to uh, to cover it off as some sort of paid work. Uh, but I filled in admirably, some have said, no one said that, uh, for my usual co-host, Matt Gerrard, as I went down to uh, watch the game between Dover Athletic and Woking. Uh, the Whites had had a good 2-1 win on uh, Saturday as they beat Sutton. Uh, but on Monday, they unfortunately uh, ended up losing by two goals to one against the Cards. Now, it was a, an interesting game. Uh, Andy Hessenthaler rung the changes. He made four changes, including leaving Inia Fiong, the match winner at Sutton, on the bench. Um, but he he was right to make the changes because he needed to rest his players. And he did actually say to me after the game as well that personally, he doesn't think that teams should be playing two games in three days, bank holiday or no bank holiday especially in the baking heat, and it was hot on Saturday uh, and Monday. So to go through that on Monday, and I was uh, I, I was, I was sweating enough in the in the uh, press box. I don't know how Matt Gerrard coached in there because it was really, really hot. There was four of us in there, me, uh, Steve Watts, and uh, two fellas from uh, BBC Radio Surrey as well. It was just so unbearably hot in there. At half-time, we shut off all the mics and went outside for a breather. That's how bad it was, but it must have been hot for the players as well. Um, as it was on the day Dover were reduced to 10 men, uh, when Curtis Cumberbatch received two yellow cards in the same incident for different things. Um, first of all, he clattered into Dave Tarpey, uh, the Woking striker. Uh, late challenge, worthy of a yellow card. And then as uh, as he sort of walked away, uh, Sean Donnellan, the former Maidstone midfielder, came running over. And, and I just looked up and saw a bit of sort of shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder barging uh, between the two. 
Um, and the referee decided to book them both. And that obviously went for Cumberbatch, who it already just deemed one yellow card offence was the foul. It was two yellow cards in one incident. And Cumberbatch was sent off. And he hasn't told had absolutely no complaints with the decision. Um, which, But it did reduce his, his team down to 10 men. They already had a lot of injury problems as well. They had Oscar Goburn filling in at left back. Um, because they literally had no other defenders. Um, they had they were at bare bones at, at, at the back with, with so many injury problems. Uh, Goban did performed admirably uh, uh, on the left, but it, it did get harder and harder as, as the 10 men. And uh, I was very impressed by, um, I know Matt's spoken about him before, El Ghul uh, on the left wing as well. He played, he looked like a real threat. But when the, it became more difficult and he had to sort of tuck in and defend, he was found not wanting necessarily, but it, it's not his natural game. Uh, as it was after the red card, it was Dover who took the lead. Ricky Modest sc- uh, scoring into an open goal after El Ghul had prodded the ball in his direction. Uh, and it looked like they were going to hold on to half-time, but just right before the break, a uh, good ball in by Tarpey from the right-hand side was nodded in by Woking's top scorer, Jake Hyde, uh, to make it 1-1. After the break, Dover went pretty much on the defensive, uh, although they did create a couple of half-decent chances, uh, not least when I think it was Woods went down the right-hand side and, and but couldn't quite find the right pass across goal. Uh, when there were two men waiting to tap it in, but unfortunately only found the goalkeeper. Uh, Joe Reason came on and he he certainly gave him something. The, the big man, Effion, came on as well. And when the ball sticks, he's a real threat. He's just making that ball stick every time. Uh, but Woking played well and ultimately they were able to get the get the winner. It was a, a second ball came back in after Dover dealt with one free kick and the ball came to Edson on the edge of the box and he shot left-footed. Uh, into the far corner. Lee Walker had absolutely no chance. He was completely unsighted by all the bodies in front of him. And Dover were out on their feet at that point. Uh, and that was a real shame for Dover to lose that game because it, it kept Woking top of the league. Woking, uh, I'm sure Matt would be delighted to hear me say this, they ain't going to win the league. Um, and the guy we were chatting to from, from BBC Surrey uh, was very magnanimous. And he said, you know, every point we get at the moment is just a point towards survival. Uh, their first aim is enough to stay up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what their squad depth is like if they have a few injuries. I know they've got some very good players there, but you know what have you got behind it? At least I think Dover have got a bit more squad depth than that. So um, you know they will be able to hopefully bounce back. They've got a tough game at Harrogate on Saturday, though, uh, have the Whites. So um, they will be hoping that they can continue their run away from home because they have actually won all of their away games so far this season. Elsewhere in the National League, over the weekend, it was a good weekend for Ebbsfleet United, who finally got off the mark on Saturday with a 2-2 draw against Notts County. Uh, and then they followed that up in some style while getting their first win of the season uh, on Monday when they won 2-1 at Boreham Wood. Uh, despite, uh, well, the home, despite the home side coming back into it, they were reduced to 10 men uh, after three minutes when Feli Ilasami was sent off uh, for a, a foul on Laurie Wilson. Uh, but then James Ball and Gozzi Ogwu did put Ebbsfleet 2-0 up in, inside 16 minutes. Um, they also had a goal disallowed and hit the crossbar uh, as they were as they were pushing on. Uh, but Borenwood did manage to get one back through Tyrone Marsh late on. Um, but it wasn't enough and Ebbsfleet United got that all-important first win. It lifted them off the bottom of the table uh, on to four points, level with Chesterfield and Chorley. Chorley, who after starting the season OK have absolutely plummeted and they are conceding goals left, right and centre. They were thumped uh, on mon- on Monday at Notts County. So it shows Ebbsfleet are, are moving in the right direction. They've had a, a good weekend and they'll be looking to build on that uh, going forward. Uh, also, also over the weekend, it was Bromley 1, Boreham Wood nil on Saturday. 
which is a, another good result for them. And, and David Gregory was up against his former club, so uh, he would have been disappointed there not to keep a clean sheet. Uh, but Bromley then followed that one up on with another win on Monday as they beat Maidenhead away from home by two goals to one. Uh, two late goals uh, from Rico Hackett Fairchild. Uh, their fourth win in a row as well for Bromley. So they are absolutely flying high at the moment. And uh, we've mentioned before on this on this show, Neil Smith is the nicest man in football. And uh, we're very delighted to see his side sitting second in the table uh, with the only unbeaten record in the National League after seven games. Uh, four wins in a row, as I just said. Uh, and it's all looking pretty good for Bromley. And, and please do remember, listeners, that I said Bromley would be in the playoffs this season. Uh, that was one I wasn't taking the mic on like when I said Dover would finish third. Although, having seen Dover and how they how they play, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Dover are there or thereabouts as well, because they've certainly got something about them. Uh, it's been an impressive start to the season for them. This weekend then, into the uh, in the National League, the fixtures, there will be a full programme of fixtures on Saturday, of course. Bromley, toughest game probably for them so far. They're at home to AFC Fylde. Ebbsfleet United host Aldershot Town. As I've already mentioned, Dover are on the road to Harrogate, which is going to be a tough one uh, for them. And then on Tuesday night, there are a there are also a full programme of fixtures. Uh, and Dover are at home to Ebbsfleet in a Kent derby, which I know Matt is very excited about. He will be back uh, in the country for that one. He will be on BBC Radio Kent uh, via the BBC Sport website uh, alongside Charles Webster. So that's definitely worth listening to if you've got nothing else to do on Tuesday night. And Bromley are in action on Wednesday, uh, actually next week, as they travel to Dagenham and Redbridge. International South then, and, and well, story of the week really has got to be Maidstone United, who had a brilliant result on on Bank Holiday Monday, uh, beating Chelmsford City by four goals to one, uh, which is a result that I, I wouldn't have said I was expecting uh, from Maidstone. Chelmsford have, have had an indifferent start to the season, but they're always a team that are there or thereabouts. And uh, as I'm sure I've said before, I have a bit of a soft spot for Chelmsford, having covered them uh, for about 18 months uh, before I came back into the Kent non-league scene. Uh, quite a few years ago now, but Chelmsford are a, a nice club. They always made me welcome. I always enjoyed covering them. So, uh, be interesting to uh, well. Uh, uh, so, having lost four one at Maidstone, they will be disappointed with that one uh, on Monday. Uh, but Maidstone, it's, it's a fantastic result for them, and, and you can only be delighted because that's really, really impressive for them uh, to to get that. And and a home win for the Stones is something we talk about a lot that they really sort of need. And uh, it's great for them, for John Steele, for Hakan Haretin, and the loyal, loyal Maidstone fans that they've got that win. I'm beating in five the Stones at the moment as well after a disappointing start to the season. And they're just outside the playoff places. They're, they are now, in fact, Kent's leading National League South team. So you really can't uh, argue with that one too much. At the bottom of the table, though, it's not quite looking so good. Tunbridge Angels dropped to the foot of the table uh, on Bank Holiday Monday, having lost by four goals to two in their derby game at Welling. Unfortunately, Tom Jadels, who had also on Saturday been beaten 3-1 by having a Louisville, obviously a team that everybody is, is tipping to do very well. Uh, Welling had drawn 1-1 at Chelmsford on Saturday uh, before their 4-2 win over uh, the Angels at Parkview Road. Uh, Dartford got their first win of the season on Saturday uh, by beating Braintree Town 2-1. Uh, but then they followed that up with a 2-2 draw at Hungerford. A disappointing late goal they conceded there to drop another couple of points. Uh, just one win so far for the Darts this season, just like Angels. So at the moment, we've got the Angels at bottom with four points. Hungerford have got five. Uh, Dartford just above the relegation zone. No two teams going down from this league this year. Uh, they've got six, as have Eastbourne, St Albans as well. Hampton Richmond got seven. It's still early days. Uh, Welling, just like Maidstone, have got 11. Uh, but Welling's goal difference is just uh, one, whereas Maidstone's is four. 
to Maidstone really finding their feet. And as I say, you, you can't help but be pleased for them and, and pleased for those loyal, loyal supporters. And I also want to mention very quickly uh, a thread on social media, which does tie in with, with the big news uh, in football this week that, that is not what we're talking about primarily, but it, I, I may talk about it before the end. Uh, but there was a thread from uh, at PP Maidstone uh, on Twitter, which I put retweeted my own personal account, which is at Chonkips81, uh, talking about the news um, regarding Berry and, and Bolton. Obviously, Berry removed from the Football League on Tuesday, Tuesday evening due to their financial problems. And it does look like Bolton um, are, are, may follow them. Um, and Maidstone United, the, the, the thread basically talks about how they came back and now we're backing Bolton and Berry, and I mean you can't have helped but have been uh, horrified. I think is, is is the phrase I'm going to use by the fact that Sky were doing a countdown um, to this. You know, it's it it is awful, and and the people of Berry, uh, I know a few people from Berry, having been at university in that sort of area, they've lost their football club. Um, and I mean, how that bloke got in it in the first place? He looks like a slimy piece of work, and. Even saying, well, I've never actually been to Bury, um, and I've got no need to go to Bury. Uh, I, I I feel sorry for them and everybody involved at the club, and hopefully there is a way that they can come back at, at a decent level, or, or, or something can happen to them to save that club. But even if they don't, you know, it's it's not the end of the world because they've got the fan base, they've got the support. There will be a splinter club coming from this. There will be your, your equivalent of AFC Wimbledon. I hope they're more. Uh, inventive than just calling themselves AFC Berry, mind. Um, but, you know, there will be something out there and there will be a way they can come back. And I'm sure in the next five to ten years, a team from Berry will be back in the Football League and they'll be passing through uh, the, certainly the National League Premier on the way, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, if you do find that thread, uh, it is very interesting and, and, and it's definitely worth reading um, about how Maidstone came back from the brink uh, because they did. Uh, and it's... Uh, well, let's hope that something can happen uh, there because it does it does affect you when you see that because, you know, we all know what it'd be like if one of our clubs went bust. You know, you, you'll be people out there. Dev well, we had it ourselves last year, didn't we? We had it last year with Thamesmead Town um, go, going bankrupt or pulling out of the league in the season. And it just, you know, it's just the worst thing. And, and, and last year we felt sorry for everybody at Thamesmead. And, you know, now I feel sorry for, for Berry as well. And hopefully that uh, say hopefully something can happen and they can come back. But do check out that thread uh, on Twitter from at PP Maidstone. In fact, at PP Maidstone is, is pretty much a, a good follow account anyway. Uh, most of the time, uh, although if you enjoy, if you don't enjoy the bit of the fruity language, then uh, perhaps give them a bit of a, a bit of a swerve because uh, they are quite amusing, uh, but not necessarily always PG. That's probably the best way of putting it uh, into the National League. South fixtures this weekend. Dartford are at home to Hemel Hempstead Town. Uh, Welling United are on the road at Concord Rangers. It's Tunbridge Angels against Weymouth and Wealdstone are at home to Maidstone United. So that's a tough game uh, for the Stones or the Battle of the Stones. The league leaders Wealdstone at home to Maidstone United. Uh, Wealdstone 18 points so far. Uh, five, five wins in a row. So they'll be on a high. Hemel Hempstead, uh, Dartford play our second. So you would wonder um, if it's going to be another tough weekend for Dartford and and we're keeping a close eye on what's going to be going on at Prince's Park this season. But obviously, we hope that, every, that they'll be able to pull off a, a, a good result and that can really kickstart their season. Because Steve Watt, who was with me on BBC Radio Kent on Monday, uh, did say that he, he thought Dartford showed glimpses in their in their victory on, on Saturday when they beat uh, Braintree. 
and that there, that there is potential there, but it's just bringing that potential through and hopefully everything can sort itself out for them. Right then, uh, I've only got the Isthmian League left to do. I'm calling it the Isthmian League because I still can't co correctly call it what it's supposed to be called. Um, but yes, it's, it's moving along a pace now. Now we've had some games, we've had, we're starting to have a few more. On, so on Saturday, Margate got their first win of the season, beating Lewis 2-0, uh, Goldsham and Junga and uh, Cadell Daniel in front of 509 people in a bank holiday crowd. Uh, good result for folks in Victor as well on Saturday. 4-1 winners at Potter's Bar Town. Uh, two goals each for Scott Hurd and Ira Jackson. They're in really, really good shape at the moment, folks in Victor. And in fact, after their win on Monday, uh, where they overcame uh, Merston 3-1 at the Fullix, in fact, they are top of the table. The early days, and obviously Neil Cogley will not be getting carried away, but he's done it again by the looks of things. He just keeps building and building. He loses players, and it doesn't seem to have a phase in 13 points from their first five games. Top of the league, folks in Victor. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Neil Cugley should be knighted, I think. Never mind uh, getting the freedom of Folkestone, which I'm sure he's already got anyway. Just uh, consistently doing a brilliant, brilliant job. Uh, to, As I say, they, they lose players. This is the thing. that, that they, They've lost players again over the summer, and, and that, yet they still come back and they find a way to score goals. This weekend, obviously, there will be back to league action before the FA Cup uh, comes around. And... Having not played on Monday, both Margate and Cray Wanderers are back in league action as well. Margate are home to Worthing on Saturday. Cray Wanderers are away to Potter's Bar. And Folkestone are also on the road away at Horsham. Uh, so that will be an interesting one for them. Horsham obviously newly promoted. Uh, but they've not made a bad start, They've uh, although they're yet to win at their new home, although they have only played there just the once so far. Uh, early days in this league table, Margate 11th, Cray Wanderers 14th. And as I've already said, Folkestone and Victor are top of the league, but, both Mar but, but, but Cray Wanderers do have a game in hand. Uh, on Invicta, having obviously played in the FA Cup this weekend. Uh, on Monday, our, our South East teams were all in league action as well. Well, apart from uh, Faversham beating Hyde by one goal to on Tuesday night. A late, late goal giving uh, the, the Whites the points against Hyde Town. And, and, you know, again, Hyde Town lost, conceded seven on the opening day. They lost five in the FA Cup and were beaten at, at Faversham on Tuesday. And they're a team who have high expectations. And Sam Denny will no doubt be very, very frustrated how the start of their season has panned out. Uh, on Monday in the Bossickley South East, it was Cray Valley PM1, Seven Oaks Town Neil. Apparently Seven Oaks put in a good account of themselves but were unable to uh, to, to get the results. Uh, Phoenix Sports 1, VCD Athletic 2. It was Ramsgate 1, Sittingbourne 2. And Roman Campbell, who I spoke to with Chris Lynch last week uh, here on the Kent Nonny podcast, has got both the goals uh, for the Brickies down at... Uh, at Southwood, and, and funny enough, I remember a few years ago, it was on my time hop today. I was at on a bank holiday Monday, I was at Ramsgate against Sittingbourne, and Sittingbourne won that one as well. Harry Smith scored some goals for them that day. Uh, Ashford United were 5 0 winners at Three Bridges, uh, three or four goals for David Smith in that one. He's given four, but also one of them seems to be an own goal as well uh, at the same time in that win for them. Uh, it was Whitstall Town 3, Herne Bay 0 in the other game, which uh, affects us in that division. So that's a good result for Whitstall in, in their derby. And Herne Bay be very frustrated by that. Uh, but Whitstall made a good start to life under Lloyd Blackman. And I'm sure he'll be on the hit list of managers I'll be ringing up in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, still very early days there. So I'm not even going to click on the link that says league table uh, for that league. But this weekend in the Bostick League South East, we've got Ashford United at home to Burgess Hill Town. Favisham on the road to Chichester City. Herne Bay host Cray Valley PM. So Ben Smith will be up against the team who broke his heart effectively uh, in the FA Vars as Herne Bay host Cray Valley. 
Uh, Hythe Town at home to Whitehawk. It's Phoenix Sports against Guernsey. That is a two o'clock kickoff. Seven Oaks Town meet Whitstall Town. Sittingbourne are at home to East Grinstead and Ramsgate are on the road to VCD Athletic. Actually, kind of a quick check. There's bound to be some games in this league next week. Oh, of course, yes. I see the beloved words, Velocity Trophy uh, here. So uh, let's have a quick look. What groups are our Kent teams in? This is stupid, this competition. So uh, we've got Group 7. Yeah, I see. Uh, Ashford United against Ramsgate and Faversham Town against Hyde Town on Tuesday. Uh, and I think that may be... Oh, no, we've got Group 9 as well. But a bit of Group 9 action, everybody. Uh, Cray Valley PM at home to Phoenix Sports and Seven Oaks Town take on Sittingbourne. Uh, I don't know if we've had the long conversation about the uh, Velocity Trophy and what they've done to it here on the podcast just yet. Uh, but do you know what? I think I might save that for when Matt is back with me next week because... I think he and I are going to have some entertaining views on the uh, direction that they've taken that competition in. Uh, Whitswell and Herne Bay should have been meeting in that in that competition on Tuesday as well. But obviously, Herne Bay do have their FA Cup replay uh, away to AFC Croydon. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. And obviously, VCD, as we mentioned, have got their replay as well at AFC Uckfield, which isn't too far away from me. So if there was any chance of me getting a pass, I might even nip up there to uh, to see what's going on. Anyway, um, you've probably heard more than enough of my voice now, so I am going to leave you. Um, as I say, Matt is, uh, did ever so kindly um, snub me uh, in preferring to instead spend time with his wife and children uh, rather than talking to me, which uh, I'm sure you'll agree is a disloyal state of affairs, and I will be taking him to task over that when I see him on Monday. Uh, but there, yeah, that is it for this week's uh, Kent Nolly podcast. Uh, I, as always, have been John Phipps. Matt Gerald is not here this week. Uh, but hopefully you will not have missed him too much. But he will be back uh, with us next week for episode 90 of the Kent Only podcast. We are getting close to the magical three figures. So episode 90 uh, will be uh, will be with you next week. As always, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and we're on uh, Facebook at Kent Non League. So do uh, give us a like, give us a share. And if you know, if you've got this far in the podcast and you've enjoyed it, please tell your friends. If you've got anyone who likes non-league football in Kent, just get, let them know. Retweet it, share it on Facebook, whatever. Just, you know, we'd, we'd love it. We do appreciate every single person listening, but we'd love it if even more of you would listen because, you know, hey, it's, it's just a little bit of a laugh and it? it's something to do on your journey to work or, you know, when you don't want to talk to your missus or, or whatever, you know, or, or your boyfriend or whatever, your husband, you can, modern society. Um, and of course, I'm sure there are, we've got male and female listeners out there. So, um, but yeah, do always get in touch with us as well on social media because we do love to hear from you uh, and like to know what your teams are up to and what stories we should be covering. Uh, as I'm sure the, uh, the the gentleman who got in touch the other day saying, when are you going to speak to Richard Styles?" And I said, it'll be, don't worry, it'll be soon. And, and look, your wish came true because he's on this week's Kent Only podcast. Uh, that is all from me for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Monday night is the start of Matt and mine's new look BBC Radio Kent show. We are now on every single Monday uh, with a show that's going to be more focused towards covering the local football scene. Uh, we're still going to have our, our odd bits of guests for, from other sports. We do, in fact, have one on Monday. Uh, but we want it to be a show where we can talk about the weekend's football action uh, all the way down the pyramid. So obviously we will have to talk about Gillingham uh, because of their because they are the main team and we will be here discussing their, um, their fortunes. But we'd love to hear from fans of Maidstone, Ebbsfleet, Bromley, Dover, Everybody in the non-league pyramid, even, and and I can guarantee you that if something special happens in the 
in the scaffold or something like that, we will do our damnedest to get that covered on that programme as well. So that's nine o'clock, BBC Radio Ken on the air with John and Matt uh, every Monday now. So please um, make an appointment to listen. That's what they say in the radio business. Uh, but thank you for making an appointment to listen to this week this week's Kent Only podcast. As I say, we do massively, massively appreciate everybody who listens. And uh, we will be back with you at our full compliments next week on the Kent Only podcast. Thanks for listening. Bloody hell, Gerard, you've let me right down there.